When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to bonus episode number six of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me is my co-host and good brother, Liam. Liam, welcome back. Bonus episode number six, another episode here discussing Batman, the adventures continue as we continue uh, discussing the latest in- introduction to the DCAU. And uh, we are continuing just kind of giving a basic review and our thoughts on the latest issues from this series based on this series of comic books based on the DC Direct figures, which are based on designs. <laughs> Based on Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's an exciting, it's a, it's a mouthful for you to say, but uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting thing. And uh, unlike with the, uh, the first two issues, which uh, you can go back and hear our thoughts on them in bonus episode number five. But uh, uh, I think that this weekend we'll get into kind of what we liked and didn't like and our kind of big picture thoughts in a moment, but I uh, yeah I I think these these next two chapters um, uh, were an improvement at least from a narrative uh, perspective over the first couple. I agree. I I feel like um, they're settling in at least a little bit here to uh, a tone that sort of matches up. I don't know what it is, but every time that the Batman speaks in the episode or in the comic, I I just can't it's almost like the dialogue doesn't belong to him. Like it belongs to somebody else. I'm having a hard time marrying the dialogue written for Batman to the Batman character. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Maybe part of that. I was thinking about this is due to that. We're not used to having like Batman have an inner monologue in the show. Sure. Um, I think that could maybe be part of it. But yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from with that because there is definitely a certain uh, unique. <laughs> it doesn't. It just doesn't feel. It's. Uh, it's not quite as easy to imagine Kevin Conroy's Batman speaking the way that Batman appears to be speaking in in this book so far. Yeah, I, and I. I mean, it's not saying that it's bad or that it wouldn't no. wouldn't marry to another Batman uh, interpretation. I think you're right. I think it's just what we know about Batman. He's very, uh, I don't know. He, he does. Yeah. He just doesn't, he doesn't talk like that from my, from my recollection. And like you said, we don't have a lot of episodes where Batman does narration. Um, so maybe that's, that's where we're, where it, where it differs. And obviously this is a comic book. So Batman blank panels of Batman, just swinging from building to building with the occasional, you know, comment to a, to a villain or somebody that he's fighting with would be one thing, but I don't know, even in the way that he interacts with the Mad Hatters, we'll get into it later on in as we discuss the uh, the full full issue here. Um, I, I think it's just something I can't marry. But anyway, all right, let's let's go back before we 
before we get too far ahead here, so there have been two chapters. So chapter three and four uh, have been released. So this is part one and part two of what they call mentors. So this episode, if you were, if it were to be an episode, uh, mentors, uh, which introduces Deathstroke, who aka Slade, aka Slade Wilson, um, who we've seen obviously in one of your favorite animated shows of all time, Teen Titans. Uh, he sure. plays a huge plays a huge role in that. He certainly plays a role in the live action Titans. He plays a role in the Arrowverse in CW's Arrow. Um, but this is the first time we've been introduced to this character officially within the DCAU. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, we can kind of get into the design. Obviously, as you mentioned, this is based on the DC direct toy line, which we kind of talked about in broad strokes in our last episode. But um Deathstroke is one of those characters, especially the version they've gone with, which is very much the sort of a DCAU version of sort of the classic, uh, you know, George Perez, New Teen Titans look for him with the, you know, the very bright blue and orange color palette and uh, and uh, and uh, a very, a very striking look to him. He kind of just interpreted that that very classic Deathstroke look into the. The, the the new Batman adventure style. And I think from a, from a visual standpoint, obviously we have the advantage of Ty Templeton, the artist on this book also happened to be the guy who helped uh, design the figures. So uh, it was, it's a pretty easy transition from that figure to the, to the page of the, of these comics. And, uh, and I think, I think Deathstroke, especially from a visual standpoint, really just fits right in with, any any sort of classic DC comics rogue who's who's appeared in this DCAU. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's really a crime that this character was never used before because <laughs> it's such, a, such an interesting interesting like you could definitely see this character for me at least being introduced in either the Batman, the original Batman, the animated series or the new Batman adventures um, just because of his ability uh, his training and, and what this character this assassin like nature this character that would match up so well in hand-to-hand -hand combat against batman we saw some of that in some of the the batman arkham games and what a formidable yes. foe he is uh in in because he's he's trained to be this assassin like he's 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 toe-to-toe -to -toe with with batman on, in a lot of things so being able to see now we have not yet seen of course them do any sort of battle because he's been introduced as this sort of mysterious vigilante that may or may not be on the side of good we know that he's not completely on the up and up based on uh some of the the motives he seems to be discussing and trying to pry Batgirl away from from Batman's stable as we saw in the first issue and then in the second issue he's working close with Tim uh, sort of building this camaraderie with with Tim so um, we we know that his motives are not pure uh, but he has we haven't seen a Batman versus Deathstroke introduction just yet yeah we sort of have mentions that Batman's aware of a of a mercenary that matches Deathstroke's description so i guess he's been out in the world having these adventures but obviously we haven't uh, we haven't seen any of those so it's interesting having that introduction because obviously we as as readers as as dc comics fans of uh you know all these different properties that he's appeared in know you know we kind of all know the deal so it's always interesting i think when you introduce a character where everybody knows they're the bad guy 
and yet you're kind of introducing it to where the the heroes are not yet aware of it and it's interesting because i think sometimes that can come off as like a little bit like uh introducing mysterio in the latest uh, live action spider-man film as a good guy <laughs> and you're like well first of all his name's mysterio Second of all, like anyone that's ever anyone that's ever read a Spider-Man comic or can do a cursory Google search of the name Mysterio, once they get past the wrestler, I imagine, will find <laughs> crossover. Um, will find that you know this guy is clearly a villain and he uses manipulation and, and special effects to fool Spider-Man. So there's a little bit of that. I think there's a little bit of danger with introducing Deathstroke this way that way. But I think so far it's been handled pretty well. Uh, you know, we, again, we have Batman kind of immediately knows who he is. Robin's kind of wowed by, you know, his tactics and how, how cool he is. And we kind of, as you mentioned, he also has this sort of brief interaction with, uh, with Batgirl. And she's, she's very much not impressed uh, by him. But, yeah, we, we sort of find out near the end of, of Chapter 3 that he is, in fact... He's plotting something, uh, you know, something's a, a bit amiss with him, and he sort of has this plot maybe to, uh, to, to try to steal Batgirl and Robin away from, from Batman. We don't quite know the why or the how he plans to do that just yet, but there's clearly a little more to this than him just kind of being, you know, in town to, uh, to, to lend a hand to the, to the other heroes. That's right. Yeah, I, it's uh, to be to be continued as as the end of the episode would probably say if this were a uh, this would be an episode. Um, let's talk a little bit about the villains that are that have been showcased in these two issues, Liam. Um, so Clayface pops up and that was a sort of a surprise. We we got the reveal of the cover of chapter three i believe it was chapter three and of course it has deathstroke on the front of it but it also has mm -hmm. robin and an appearance of annie who we talk about a lot despite not having reviewed <laughs> the episode yet but is uh of course from the episode growing pains uh she was a significant part of that episode and certainly a significant part of the relationship between Tim and Bruce, as we learn later on, but uh, she makes a, a cameo appearance that sort of left me asking why. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than kind of uh, giving Robin a reason to hate Clayface a little more, I didn't I didn't quite see her. Uh, so uh, we sort of find out throughout the episode that, or throughout, yeah, episodes I say, but uh, the issues <laughs> that uh, that that Clayface was sort of on the hunt for a cure and Deathstroke and his assistant Sonny sort of arranged to give him what he thought was a cure, but what would actually make him more powerful and also sort of drive him insane. And we see him being able to split himself off and, and sort of run off in different directions as he's, you know, he's fighting Batman on one half while he's trying to escape down an alley at the same time. And as, as Robin and Batgirl kind of go to confront him. Yeah. He just kind of, very randomly turns into Annie, uh, which kind of angers Robin, and and then we get and then we immediately get sort of the debut of Deathstroke, who helps them take Clayface down. So yeah, I didn't I didn't quite see the point in that, other than to go, hey, remember this? Like, 
Um, <laughs> and that's all right. Like I, you know, I appreciate a good reference as, as much as the next guy, especially to an episode that I, you know, that I personally love so much, but yeah, it is for, for the fact that she's on the cover and all that. I think that's a little bit, uh, you would expect maybe a bit more than, than what we got with, uh, with her, her being so prominently featured on the cover and her being such a memorable part of that, of that Tim Drake Robin character in, in that, that new Batman adventures run. And granted, obviously we have, they have stretched this, this man, it's so confusing. This issue, which is (laughs) split into parts and chapters, um so they've stretched this into a third part which has yet to debut so we we don't know whether or not uh that eventually plays into it could play into something later on we don't know but it did not play any significance into the second into chapter four which was part two of of this mentors (laughs) uh issue so um yeah it other than i think you speculated uh we were talking you know just after the first issue came out as to whether or not they may end up you know they may be putting feelers out as to what they could eventually do if they are going to release more action figures because we talked about obviously the purpose of this whole thing is to sell toys um, or it was inspired by the ability to sell more toys. Right. Um, so there are certain there are certain things, toys that they have not released yet. They have not done a new Batman Adventures version of Clayface. They did a Batman the Animated Series version of Clayface. So if they were in fact going to do a new Batman Adventures Clayface, you could see them packing in an Annie figure um, and selling it as a two pack for you know a, a huge markup and getting getting people interested in that way. Um, that would also, you know, we talked about that as things that they are using in these issues as a way to sort of, uh, as to sort of market the toy line. We saw Roxy Rocket appear. Of course, there's Roxy Rocket figure. We see in Chapter Four, Part Two of Mentors, we see <laughs> uh, we see Firefly appear, of course, and the and the anti Firefly bat suit appear both have been made in this series in action figure form so they're very intentional at least about what they seem to highlight and include in these issues in that way um, almost as if there is a dc directive <clears throat> yes dc <laughs> directive <laughs> uh to to put to put some of these things in the comics and to include them or just that the writers uh or that the writers and certainly ty templeton uh have the ability to look at the the toys that have been released already and say ah we'll use this one we'll pick somebody from this one okay they've made a figure of this one let's reuse this one yeah um i i definitely think that that could be part of it and we actually talked about so uh, one of the, the, the sort of the layouts, which is, you know, the, the comic page before the dialogue and color and everything is put out for for chapter four, part two of this story uh, has <laughs> been kind of floating out there for a while. It was, I think, one of the first images that was released kind of when the book was announced. It's this kind of like it's it's one page, but it's kind of two half spreads where up top it's uh, uh, Deathstroke and Robin uh, being accosted by these uh uh, could we call them murder hornets, Cal? <laughs> they are definitely, they are referred to as giant Asian bees, I think is what they're referred to, but they're bees. definitely murder hornets, Liam. Okay. Bees? Well, 
Job's not on board. But uh, yeah, so and, and on the bottom half, we see, in, again, in this original layout, we see Batman fighting this Wonderland gang. Um, and we see the Mad Hatter. Um, and of course, in the original layout, it was the Batman the Animated Series design for him, um, which at the time we, we talked about it sort of off the air that perhaps well, maybe because they didn't make a new Batman Adventures Mad Hatter, they're going to use the BTAS design to, again, just kind of point everyone back towards the toy line as much as they can. Um, but in fact, in this final version that came out, uh, you know, months after that image first popped up on the Internet, uh, we, we get to see actually they, they did make a correction or, or, or change their minds or whatever. And in fact, we do get the new Batman Adventures version of, of the Mad Hatter appearing as well. Yeah, and this isn't the first correction that's sort of been made midstream. I mean, the, the benefit to this being a digital first comic is that they've been able to sort of go back and make corrections to sort of line up with things. This one obviously going in the other direction. We haven't had a, another one of those figures that they have not released yet. They've not done a new Batman Adventures Mad Hatter, so maybe maybe we'll see one in the near future. That would be great. Uh, but one of the things, that the corrections and, and the ability to to change things up in this digital... Uh, these digital drawings, since they're not physical copies released yet, some of the corrections, uh, they've actually gone back and, and changed some of the things to match them up with the action figures uh, post-original release. Yeah, uh, things like in the, in the earlier chapters, which again we reviewed in our previous bonus episode, uh, Jason Todd had red hair and sort of a grayish jacket, and then uh, maybe a week or two after the release... Um, that was sort of uh, updated, and and now he, you know, directly resembles uh, his action figure with the the white streak in his hair and the and the brown jacket. So um, I'll be interested to see if other things like that happen going forward, or if that was just an one that they felt like they had to fix because he was, you know, they they wanted it to you know be a spot on representation of of his look on that figure. Although for, for my money, I thought introducing him with, with the gray jacket and the red hair was like, well, that's the easiest repaint in the world to do with to re-release, you know, you release this, the first Red Hood figure in, in series one, and then, you know, series four or five, you, you released the first DCAU appearance, Jason Todd, with his gray jacket and his red hair. But no, apparently that was just uh, uh, something they decided to, uh, to change kind of at the last minute. Now you're thinking like a executive from a toy company, Liam. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I guess that will be a great segue before we get into sort of our final review for these these last two, latest two chapters. Um, and uh, the the visuals of this of this continue to, for me at least to be the best part uh, of mm -hmm. of these comics. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think there's a. Uh really really strong visuals like i like we've already kind of mentioned uh i love i love how well deathstroke fits into this world i love that they went with that color scheme again we have a uh, artist ty templeton and colorist monica cubina uh on, working on this issue and uh they they do a great job of again of integrating new characters into this world i think uh, uh deathstroke's assistant sunny who we uh, uh i think i mentioned earlier um, has again has a very striking design, and as far as we know, this is just kind of a a throwaway character. We don't we don't at least as of yet we don't know if she's 
meant to be kind of a version of of, of Slade's daughter, uh, the Ravager in the in the comics, or if she could be sort of you know a female version of one of his other associates that were uh, fr- from the books, or if this is just kind of a, a completely original character, but. Um, yeah, some really striking designs. We get to see the the Wonderland gang that works with uh, with Mad Hatter, who I think Paul Dini has used in a few other of his books. Uh, I think including the Harley Loves Joker miniseries that uh, came out a couple of years ago. So fun to see him be able to and uh, to to reuse those characters and then to see them sort of properly and officially adapted into that DCAU style as well. Yeah, um, there's also some nods in uh, at least in chapter three. Uh, we get uh, we get a nod to one of your favorite Batman episodes, the new Batman Adventures. Very controversial episode being Critters. Uh, oh, as, yeah, as Deathstroke and uh, and Sunny drive away in a Farmer Brown produce truck. Yes, and uh, I I I'm excited at what this could mean. I remember <laughs> listening to the. Uh, the creators talked during uh, one of the commentaries on Justice League or uh, uh, the, how Farmer Brown should have shown up in Cadmus in Justice League <laughs> Unlimited. And I do think that was a I, I really think he's like he could have been involved in, in splicing and stuff like that <laughs> later on down the line heading towards Batman and Beyond. So any nod to uh, to Farmer Brown. And of course, later in Chapter four, we see uh, when when Robin and Deathstroke meet up to fight Firefly. Uh, they're in a, an insect museum, and we happen to see a giant praying mantis display, uh, very reminiscent of, in fact, the giant praying mantises that uh, <laughs> Batman and Robin and Batgirl had to fight in the Farmer Brown episode. So, yeah. Some, uh, yes, how could we great... forget? <laughs> <laughs> so some, some great little nods uh, to that stuff as well. And, uh, yeah, we get like a slightly tweaked Firefly design as well. Uh, yeah. A little more armored and... We sort of there's sort of an offhanded mention that his his face has been burned since we saw him in that new Batman Adventures episodes and that he's kind of gone under a little bit of a, a personality transplant. Yeah, we find out now that he's a bug collector, yeah. uh, which is which is a new twist on the character. But he does have this this very interesting new addition that is sort of revealed in the final panel, uh, where not only does he have his flamethrower, uh, his you know his his attachment gun that comes with him, but he can also shoot flames uh, from the mouth of his of his uh, of his suit. So uh, and and the new design, I really like it. It um, it adds it it has a little bit of that. That uh, that classic Firefly feel, but also with a with a new twist on it. I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, when the the mouth opens up, it kind of speaking of uh, you know, Marvel Comics homages, uh, a little bit of a an Ultron look to him when he for opens, sure when he opens the mouth. When, you know the the kind of the silver ears or antenna and the the big red eyes and then the mouth opening kind of reminded me a little bit of a. Uh, of that Ultron character as well. But yeah, they, I, I like that sort of update to him and, and to kind of put a little more color on him. Cause as it's mentioned, you know, he had this very deeply personal uh, reason for becoming Firefly original when he's, he's stalking his ex-girlfriend. And then we see him a few more times, uh, you know, in, in other Batman episodes. And uh, I think he pops up in justice league as well, yep. but we, we don't really get much, much color thrown on to him. Uh, uh, as a character and, and his design kind of stays the same. So it's interesting here to see them kind of add a few little extra uh, flourishes to, to that character as well. I think that's, that's pretty cool. 
So based on his appearance in Justice League, this is going to be one heck of a try and like finagle this into the timeline for the guys over at Watchtower Database <laughs> because he looks exactly the same as he does in New Batman Adventures in Justice League Unlimited when right. he shows up. But in the meantime, this is supposed to take place, I believe, before that. So there's now he has this updated suit. So now he goes back to his original suit at some point. Very right. Good, good at luck, the very guys. At least I don't think they showed his uh, unmasked face in Justice League. Yes. So at least we don't have to try to understand why he went from burned horribly to <laughs> back to regular face. At least he kept the helmet on in Justice League. There and you, you go. can, you know, you can theorize that he just he only had access to his older <laughs> his older gear for some reason. But yeah, well, maybe that's this, a... maybe the suit will get destroyed in, in chapter five, part three of <laughs> issue two. Um who maybe knows? This will be addressed in a future Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover or something <laughs> like like Scarecrow's redesign was. Yeah, who knows? Who yeah, that was a that was a good way for them to retcon that. I like that. Um all right. The last thing I'll say about about visuals here in, in this is they have heavily relied upon the bat cycle in the last two issues, yes. also, which uh, we had commented on. It was funny. Uh, the The bat cycle appears in the first issue. Batgirl is using it, and that's where Deathstroke slash Slade appears for the first time. He's sort of sitting on the on the bat cycle as Batgirl walks up, and it is the uh, Batman, the animated series design, which yes. as we talked about uh, off air, that is the only available uh, Bat Cycle in the toy line, the DC Direct toy line. They actually just released that within the last six months. Uh, it again pops up in a beautiful panel in, in Chapter 4 with, with Tim riding it. Uh, but we discussed that, that the Bat Cycle, I don't think other than Nightwing's cycle, I, and maybe maybe a one-time Barbara use. I don't remember the bat cycle making many appearances in the new Batman adventures. No. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident because even when Batman's not around, I think we see in episodes like girls night out. Um, I think Barbara's driving the regular Batmobile. So I don't, I don't really think they show Batgirl. And we certainly, I definitely know we don't ever see Robin on a motorcycle in, in that series. So yeah, it could just be that 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 design is just Nightwing's bike, and and Batman's still using, you know, the original Beatast uh, motorcycles that that he and and Robin, uh, Dick Grayson and Robin both rode in, in uh, in the original series. So I mean that one, that one's not as much of a a uh, continuity uh, alarm as uh, as sure. uh, things like Firefly's design or. Or uh, Lex being in his robot suit while still being a businessman, <laughs> um, uh, not not quite as uh, as hard to fit in as 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 that. But yeah, it definitely was a, an interesting uh, an interesting design. All right, so we can I think we can both agree the visuals continue to be the standout for these. Um, now the plot for the plot for this, I enjoyed the plot at least for chapters three and four better than I did for chapters one and two. I think it, it feels a little bit more like a, it feels closer to a Batman Gotham adventures, uh, which was of course the, the new Batman adventures comic book uh, spinoff um, yes. that, that happened at the time of the new Batman adventures. It feels to me much more like that fitting in that world than the previous issue did. 
Yeah, and I, I think there's little homages. Obviously, we we have this outlying, as we mentioned, uh, this Jason Todd subplot that's sort of slowly, slowly building. And this issue, as we mentioned, we see we in the in chapter four we get very little Batman. It's mostly focused on Robin and and Deathstroke. Um, but we we do get the scene, as we mentioned, of him fighting Mad Hatter, and then he kind of notices he's being watched. And that to me felt very reminiscent of the the first couple issues of the Hush storyline. Um, yep where Batman's kind of aware something's going on or, or perhaps the beginnings of the honor of the red hood that maybe might be more apt as well, but he's sort of aware that there's a new player in town, but he's just, he has no idea who it is or, or why this person is, is watching them or, or how he even knew that Batman was going to be at this warehouse. Cause Batman noted notes that this, this, uh, this particular crime wasn't coming across any police scanners or, or, you know, and there's no media there. So it's, you know, how, how does this guy even know that Batman's here? So I like that they're still very slowly building that intrigue with, with, with this Jason Todd uh, character so far. We don't, we don't quite know what his, his origins are, how he fits into all of this yet. And yeah, I would agree that uh, as far as tonally, I think this, these two issues and, uh, and certainly the, this interesting idea of Deathstroke kind of wanting to, to steal the, uh, the Bat family away from Batman is kind of an interesting wrinkle. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, the, the follow up on this in the in part three, chapter five <laughs> of issue two. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say for me, I think the standout sequences for these two issues, um, since we're not I don't want to just break down everything panel by panel, but I think the standout for both of these issues were the battle sequences, even mm. though the the clay face scene is sort of cut short. Uh, and we already talked about the sort of uh, quizzical at best inclusion of the Annie character. I think that it was good to see a fight sequence uh, involving a classic Batman rogue. And then of course, Batman, Batgirl and Robin. Um, and then, then for me, I, I think, I think part two, part two, issue four, <laughs> issue two, two in the bug museum versus the murder hornets with Robin. And, and then the introduction of the firefly character again, or reintroduction of the firefly character. I think that those panels, uh, combined with the action in it, I, I think were, were the standout for me for these two parts, at least, um, as far as things go. So, uh, I, as far as, uh, like just giving this a standard blank out of 10, as far as enjoyment for these two parts, uh, I guess I would give it about a seven out of 10. I think the art can, continues to carry everything. I think the story, the story was certainly better than the first two. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I enjoyed it. Um, I think there's, there's certainly things, like I said, the, the, the tone of Batman is still just kind of hard to marry to that character. I think continuing to build the intrigue with the Jason Todd, it's a very, very slow burn. You know, he didn't even make an appearance in this chapter at all. Um, or in this, part at all um so it, you know it's it's a very slow burn that i hope isn't rushed um that there isn't a rush payoff but i yeah. but as long as that's paid off then this will totally be worth it so I, I i'll give it a seven out of ten as far as uh enjoyability yeah i i'd go maybe a little bit higher i'm gonna give it an eight i uh uh, a lot of it, and again, a lot of this is a credit to uh, Ty Templeton and Monica Kubina, but I, and we talked about this, I think, back in our, our previous bonus episode, but 
how kind of rare it was to see, you know, the Bat family all fighting together. There are a few episodes here and there, but most most episodes of the new Batman Adventures, it's either, you know, just Batman and Robin or just Batman and Batgirl. Um, so getting to see them all kind of be in action together and, and, and getting a little more characterization on on Tim Drake and sort of, uh, you know, as we know, Batman's not the, you know, the best uh, or the most complimentary uh, guy. So, you know, it's, it's kind of easily understandable why Robin would be uh, interested or sort of wowed by this guy who's maybe just as just as talented of a, of a fighter as Batman, but who's also not, uh, you know, not, not afraid to dish out a compliment to, uh, to his, to his young friend there either. I think that, I think there's, they're building something. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in, uh, in seeing how this, this Robin and Deathstroke relationship plays out and, and kind of where, where Deathstroke. And, and of course, as you mentioned, uh, the, the very slow, uh, slow burning Jason Todd story as well. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's always fun. We mention this every time, and we will continue to mention it. It's always going to be fun to just go back and live in this world for a little bit, even if we do have some, you know, some issues or some tweaks that we personally would like to see. Um, so always great to to spend time and, and get new adventures in this DC animated universe. So uh, yeah, definitely a thumbs up, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to the next couple chapters. Absolutely. So from what we've heard, these are going to be out on Thursdays uh, every other week, it sounds like. At least that's what the schedule. And of course, exciting news that, you know, with things starting uh, in the uh, to, to reopen in, in a lot of areas, uh, physical comic book stores, comics shipped for the first time this week to physical comic book yes. stores uh, for the first time in a very long time. So that means that uh, I believe there are some release dates for physical copies out in June, at least for the first issue. Uh, there have been some variant covers that have been released and kind of uncovered uh, that DC really has not been doing a great job of announcing, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, uh, but a lot of them are uh, those kind of store exclusives where, mm -hmm. you know, an artist will make a deal with a certain comic shop and just sell an exclusive cover. But yeah, you would think they would, you know, it's, it's still eventually some of that money is definitely still going to DC. So you would think they would want to do a better job of, you know, throwing out, hey, this is when the issue is coming out. This is where you can buy these alternate covers. And, and all of that, but yeah, you kind of you have to go, you have to kind of do a little hunting for yourself. But uh, yeah, especially for the first physical issue, there's uh, quite a few uh, pretty rad variants that are worth going out of your way to look at if you're a, a big giant nerd like we are and uh, <laughs> are, you know, are so excited about this. And uh, yeah, definitely, uh, if if you can, I, I obviously we're reading these digitally as, as they come out because we're uh, you know, like the like the kid on Christmas Eve, we didn't want to wait to unwrap the present, but uh, uh, definitely, yeah. If you, if you can, be be sure to support your uh, your local comic book store and uh, and pick up these books physically as well. And uh, you know, I I know as as much as the convenience of digital comics is, uh, you know, I I'm always going to be a guy who likes to have the uh, the physical thing in my hand. So I I'm looking forward to picking up the physical versions of these issues as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like you said, especially with everything that's happened, comic book stores have been hit so hard yeah. uh, in the economy. And, and if you're able to, um, you know, even buying a, a single issue or a couple issues here or there are going to help support these these people that really, um, you know, it's a tough business to be in these days anyway, as everything moves towards digital. Um, but uh, but the world will look a lot 
different and to me would be a lot darker if you didn't have the option to go to a physical comic store um yes. so yeah if you're able to obviously uh comic book stores are not the only people that were hurt in this <laughs> in this situation yeah um so totally understand it but if you're able to uh yeah do what you can to to support those local comic book stores and um and uh you know buying a physical copy of of batman the adventures continue is probably one one way to do that so definitely looking forward to that liam uh, we will have another bonus episode in the next couple weeks talking about, uh, hopefully, when we get the next two chapters released. I look forward to doing that. Anything else for you today? No, that, uh, I think that'll wrap us up. Hope everyone enjoyed their holiday weekend and uh, come back for our regular episode this coming Saturday. That's right. Don't forget to follow us on social media at DCAU Review, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.